The hair looks so thin. Why would you say that after I pressed record? I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Monica. And um, it's only been a week since you guys have seen us, but it's been like a really long time since we've talked. So, uh, Monica, how was the last two weeks? Uh, it was fun. Literally nothing exciting happened until like for like the past two days, I got a new tattoo, and I'm still getting it done. It's a Stevie Nicks tattoo. Um, and if you are watching this, you can tell my hair is gone. <laughs> it's there, but it's a lot shorter, and I took out my extensions. Cute. And I feel like I look like a mom. Um, my hair is also a lot thinner. You kind of actually look like Monica from Friends now. Oh, thank you. I'll take the compliments. I do like Courtney Cox. I don't like Friends, but I like Courtney Cox. So <laughs> Only fine. thing that I don't like when I watch the reunion, like, she was stopping doing filler, but, like, she has so much filler under her eyes. Like, I'm all for, like, do what makes you happy. Like, it, like she has so much filler in her eyes, I couldn't tell if she was happy or sad or what at certain point, points in the reunion. Okay, I was but like, also, I didn't watch the reunion. Well, part of that was because I was nervous. Well, first of all, I don't even like Friends. But also, I was nervous because I'm pretty sure Matthew Perry has got a lot of drug shit going on no, right no, now. No. It actually came, uh, a lot of people were saying that on E! News. The morning of, he went in and got dental surgery, so he wasn't speaking a lot. And when he did, it sounded like he was, like, you know when you have dentures in and they would slip? Yeah, no, no, no. But, like, and I know it looked like that, but he also has had drug issues True. lately. So, like, the fact that he then came to the reunion mm -hmm. also looking fucked up. Like, yeah. whatever the reason was, not... Fuck them for doing it to him that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's because, like, he didn't speak a lot, and I think it's because of the fact that he had probably the I mean, surgery done. Yeah. But I'm like, if he had gotten dental surgery done that morning, couldn't you have made, like, rescheduled it for, like, I don't, or, I don't know, sometime when Paul Rudd could show up? Oh, yeah. I was so sad Paul Rudd wasn't in it. Like, they brought back Richard. I'm still mad that Paul Rudd and uh, Cole Sprouse were not on it. I was so pissed that neither of the Sprouse twins won. They both played Ben. Yeah, but Cole played him more, more. when he was older. And it's so funny because you could tell who, when Cole was playing him and when Dylan was playing him. And it was like the scenes when Ben was being a little shithead, that was 100% Dylan playing him. Yeah. And then when he would be, like, you know, like, because Cole has, like, those, like, buck teeth, like, kind of buck teeth when he yeah, was a kid. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and so, like, when he was being, like, all sweet and nice, I was like, yep, that's Cole, that's Dylan. <laughs> that was so upsetting that they didn't bring them back. Random, this is a random fun fact I learned in the last two weeks about, uh, twins. Mm -hmm. Did you know that, uh, Michelle on Full House was, had to be written as ambidextrous because the Olsen twins are not the same handed. Mary-Kate is right-handed and Ashley's left-handed, so Michelle eats with both hands yeah. in different parts of the show because of the girls switching. Oh, damn. I think it would have just been easier to make them twins. Yeah, but... No, because it wouldn't have, because then you'd have to have both girls on set, and the reason they have twins is so that kids, they can... Yeah, it's because of... More. Like, even on Grey's Anatomy right now, Meredith's three kids... The oldest is finally old enough that she doesn't need a okay. double, so she is the only one. But when she was younger, they only had her in very, very few episodes so that she could film enough. Like, not film too much, but because of the whole COVID storyline, they're at home a lot more. Mm -hmm. So the kids who play her younger two kids are both sets of twins, and they rotate. Because uh, of child labor laws, you can't have, have kids. That. Yeah. 
Which is why, like, on Broadway and, like, national tours and stuff like that, every child role has at least two or three kids playing that role. And that's one thing when I... Because, like, when I was... Because, you know, like, I love Stranger Things. When I was... Watch, like, I watch behind-the-scenes stuff all the time, and, like, that was, like, a question for the kids. Like, how do you... How are you able to film and with, like, the laws and stuff? Because they that's, are... That's why the it takes cast. them so long to do shows. And it takes them so long. And plus, like, they'll film for, like, only four or five hours mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And then they go to school the rest of the day. I actually almost got a job before I moved to Thailand. I was... Um, the, my other option for applying for jobs at that time was I was going to apply to be one of the teachers that tours with national tours for Broadway and teaches the kids while they're oh, touring really? to the different cities. Why yeah. did you do that? Because I got the job in Thailand. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, I, I, because I worked at the theater, I met a lot of those kids and the teachers, and so I knew what the company, and I talked to them and everything. So, like, that was also a potential direction for me to go on tour with Broadway stuff to I be a teacher. if you, like, still wanted to do teaching, if that would be something... Oh, no, that, that would definitely be something I'm interested in. I love it. I love the idea. Well, yeah. you should see if you can when tours, you know, start Well, that's the up. thing. It's not exactly a... Touring world right now. It's not but. exactly a wide-open market at the moment. Very true. But if you are able to eventually get to yeah. that, we'll see. that would be, a, I feel like, be, like, perfect for you. And then, like, plus you can all sing show tunes together. And, like, they would understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't just be like you walk. But I, I can't do it and just be like you walk in here and starting to sing a song. But I'm like, because I feel I'm like sorry. every person in this do house anything? knows. Yeah. Sometimes they still look at me like I'm insane. Because, um, I don't know if you guys do uh, the whole Spotify astrology thing that happened this week but um my uh, rising or my sun sign both embarrassed me and fit me in a way that I am not really happy to talk about because my number one artist on Spotify this year is Leah Michelle <laughs> but only because I've listened to the Spring Awakenings original cast soundtrack at least 67 times I'm very proud of you. See, my sun sign for the astrology part of that Spotify thing that came out, my sun sign was all-time low. My moon sign was black honey, which if you haven't listened to them, I highly recommend it. And uh, my rising sign was Amanda Seyfried, because I had been listening to the Mamma Mia soundtrack like fucking crazy. My moon sign was Sherry Renee Scott, and if you don't know who that is, um, that's probably everyone. Um, she's also a Broadway singer and, um, my rising sign was Bruno Mars, which I am straight pissed off about because at a party I went to my phone, actually at two different parties I went to this year, my phone got used as the Spotify for the party, but I was not in charge of the music. So my Spotify stats are all kinds of fucked. Yeah. That's why I don't let anyone touch my Spotify. Like one of them was my birthday party. Oh, that's you don't know. Well, I, I didn't care. But then the other one was my dad was the one in charge of the phone, so I wasn't going to be like, no, dad, you bought me this phone, but you can't touch it. Uh, no, that makes sense. See, he didn't want to use Spotify, but uh, he couldn't get it to log into his Amazon Music, so I said, uh, dad, just use Spotify. It's fine. And um, see, there were a few things that threw mine off a little bit because in my car, because me and Cody, I have an iPhone, he has an Android, no, he has a OnePlus, so, like, he also needs an adapter to listen to music, and we both can't use aux cords, so I have the iPhone adapter, 
in my car. So if he wants to play a song, he has to go onto my Spotify, where he didn't royally mess it up because it's not that often. It's not done in one huge sitting. Um, but... Let's keep that in. We'll get more views. Um, and then the dinner party thing. One category had it to make me, well, two of them. One had to make me choose between Elton John and Five Seconds of Summer, and I chose Five Seconds of Summer. But if you know me, that's fine. I do love Elton John more than myself a majority of the time. And then they made me choose between Queen and Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, that's just fucking rude. I chose Queen, but I'm like, that's just fucking rude. Because Freddie Mercury is, like, dead. So if I could resurrect him to have him come to a dinner party to sit there, yes. And also, Roger Taylor is a gorgeous man, even to this day. Ben Hardy, the guy who played Roger Taylor in the movie, god damn, is that man mighty fine. Anyway. Also, he went and got Taco Bell today. Um, I went to Houston to visit my sister. Took my niece to the zoo for the first time. Um, she is only five months old, so she didn't really know what the F was going on. Um, but she liked it mostly because she liked seeing me and her mom, like, so happy. Mm -hmm. Also, it absolutely downpoured while we were at the zoo. Oh, no. Like, we had one umbrella, so, and um, my brother-in-law was carrying the baby in one of those, like, oh, like, daddy on the front of your body things, mm -hmm. so he got the umbrella so that the baby didn't get wet, which means me and my sister were drenched. <laughs> um, but then I also went to the Museum of Natural Death. You did go? Yeah, I did. Were you able to take pictures? Yes. Thank God. Um, it was amazing. Um, I felt a little out of place because um, everyone else was kind of walking around as if they were learning something, and I was just like... So excited about corpses. Where can I go to see more corpses? Like, they had a, a section that they talked about different, like, elements and, like, mercury poisoning and lead poisoning and oh. stuff like that because it, it was all about natural death. Oh, so, like, cool. it was all about natural death, so there wasn't anything about murder or anything like that. So they, they had a room about, like, plants that can kill you. They had rooms about animals that can kill you. They had rooms about, like, viruses and stuff. So they had this room about, like, natural elements. And they had an exhibit about the radium girls. Quick lesson for the people at home who are confused okay. just like I am. So the radium girls was, um, there was this factory. Back in the day, they used to use radium to paint on faces of watches and alarm clocks so that they could glow in the dark. Oh. And um, the girls who worked at these factories, they would lick the paintbrushes to make them thinner so that they could paint the numbers better. Mm -hmm. But they didn't know that radium could kill you. So the every girl who worked there died of radium poisoning. And it's like... It, you should all know about it. It's kind of a big deal. Um, if you want to know more, you should listen to Stuff We Miss, You Missed in History Class. Um, it's one of my favorite podcasts where they just talk about, like, real-life stuff that, like, we should all know about, but for some reason don't because history class sucks. Mm -hmm. um, Radium Girls, great. But they had one of the actual watches and everything, and I was, like, freaking out, and I was so excited. And everyone else was like, oh, what's this? And I was like, am I the only one who knows things? I feel like in that sense, yeah, probably. <laughs> like, if, it, if we were going to, because I want to go to the museum. They have it in New Orleans, and they have it in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it's the Museum of Death, where it has, like, Ted Bundy's car. It has literal 
pieces of furniture from Edgine's apartment. They have the nipple belt there. Like, I want to go see that so much because I would just, like, geek out and go, like, this happened, this, and that. Yeah, no, this was more about, like, did you know that there's cyanide in your apple seeds? Can you tell the difference between poisonous mushrooms and non-poisonous mushrooms? Like, they had... They not die like a dumbass. Yeah, they had a whole thing about the hemlock plant, which I took pictures of just because... Hemlock grove. Yeah. Also, Uh, sorry for that loud-ass fucking motorcycle. Whatever. Um... Yeah, so it was really fun. It was great. The rest of the museum was... Eh. It was the Houston Museum of Natural Science, which is fine. But I had just been to the zoo earlier that week, and they have a huge exhibit about animals. But I was like, it's not really fun to look at stuffed dead animals when I just looked at alive animals. Yeah. So, alive animals are really fun. Yeah. My brother is in the room, and he just opened a can of pop. Did you have your Sierra Mist already? Did you drink it all? <laughs> Apologies, but also, we're real people. And I uh, live in my parents' house, because I'm hashtag unemployed. I do, too. Actually, I guess that's not true. I guess, technically, shortly, I will be a business owner. I don't know. It's complicated. I'm not going to talk about it. Figure out how we're going to do the podcast when you go back to work, and when you're going back to work, I'm going back to school. I will still not be working on Saturday mornings. I never. <laughs> All right. Also, yeah, no, I don't really, I was going to say, I talked about Houston. I didn't talk about anything this week, but that's because... The rabies, not baby story. This Thursday... <laughs> was the most ridiculous day of my entire life. So, a squirrel got into an open window in my house. We have since closed said open window and will not be opening it again, but this motherfucker figured out how to climb into the window. And then, he was hanging out. Now, something that I may have mentioned on the podcast before As much as I love animals, and I can tell you random animal facts from here until the cows come home and I would like to be a zookeeper, I am deathly afraid of squirrels. Like, I I don't know why. I would rather pet a tiger in the face, in the wild, than be in the same room as a squirrel. Damn. I I just, I can't do it. So, uh, I woke my sister-in-law up, and I said, there's a squirrel in the living room. I need you. Because uh, she is not afraid of squirrels. And she grew up in the middle of effing nowhere and probably had a pet squirrel at some point in her life. So she's fine. She gets the squirrel out. Everything's great. It was an adventure, but it was fine. And she has a squirrel wrapped in a blanket to take it back outside like a normal human being. Only she's not a normal human being. So she decides, hmm, while I've got the squirrel in my hand, let me take this opportunity to pet it. PSA, don't fucking do that. Don't pet squirrels. Um, so it bit her. So then I took her to urgent care to get antibiotics and uh, clean out the wound because while I know that squirrels carrying rabies is a very rare condition, we live in the city and city squirrels eat garbage. Yeah. So I didn't want it to be infected. So I had to take her to urgent care. And then we came back to my house 
and somehow managed to lock ourselves out of my house. We had a key, we just apparently don't know how to open doors. Um, then I had an appointment that I had to go to. And on the way back from the appointment, my car window broke. And I was like, if this day could just stop, that'd be great. And then I had to come The over. worst part about it was that on Wednesday night, I told my mom, I'm very bored and I wish my life was more exciting. And then Thursday happened and I said, I take it back. I take it all back. <laughs> I'm very happy to live a boring life. Please, please, no more excitement. So yeah, that's where we're at. Hopefully you guys had a much more calm week than I did. Yeah, I... I just hate talking about my week because almost nothing exciting ever happens to me. Like, I'll go to Florida, I'll come back and go, eh, nothing really happened. I sat in the sun. This time I sat in the sun instead of in my bed. <laughs> I mean, maybe one day our lives will not be boring, but that day is not today. No. We still have a long time till we get to that. So today, we are talking about Cole Shack, episode three. They have been, they are, they will be. Which is an obnoxiously long title compared to the last two. Yeah. It came out on September 27th, 1974. And it was only rated 7.3 stars. So it was slightly lower rated than the previous two. Which I do understand why. I still really liked it, but I understand the lower Rating. And it's especially when we get into explaining it because me and Mary Kate, like while you we were watching, we were talking about it. And I think I will, when we explain what happened at the end, like you will understand why it's lower rated than the other ones. Also, this week, because neither of us was traveling, um, we did actually manage to uh, correctly take notes and plan this podcast, not like idiots. So, yay. But just beware because when mid July comes, it, we will sound like idiots again. Well, yeah, because you're going to Florida, and then two weeks later, I'm going to Florida. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, we'll figure it out. Kolshak battles unearthly enemies when deadly aliens who feed on bone marrow invade Chicago. Dick Van Patten guest stars. That is the blurb. Now, my question, really, is why Dick Van Patten gets such a high ranking. I mean, I know it's because he's super duper famous. Yeah. But also, he was in literally one scene. Yeah. It was written by... Well, the teleplay was written by Rudolf Borscht, who wrote episode one of The Ripper. Um, and it... But the story was written by Dennis Linton Clark, who... Uh, um, really has exactly four writing credits on his IMDb, this being the very first one, but he did win a Spur Award for a movie that he wrote called Comes a Horseman. It was directed by Alan Barron, who also wrote or directed the Ripper episode. Um, funny story, I can't read this, this episode's about aliens, right? Yes. <laughs> the enthusiasm coming from Mary Kate. I like it. 
Oh my god, I said, I thought I said directed by Alien. That's Alan! Um, our guest stars. James Gregory played the police chief. He's best known for being Inspector something or other on Barney Miller. He's one of those guys who was in, like, everything and its mother. But on Barney Miller, the show, he was, like, the lead character for, like, the whole run of the show. That's the one big thing. I recognized him from Columbo. Unsurprising. That's where I feel like if there's any big character that Yeah, if there's in. anybody in the show who was a big famous actor in the 70s and 80s and I recognize them, the chances are either they're like super famous or they were on Columbo. And I will have no idea who these people are. Um, Mary Wicks was also a guest star. She was the veterinarian at the zoo. Uh, Monica and I both recognized her, but it was a little difficult because uh, we recognized her from a role she played the in, ripe her, in the ripe age of, nine, of 82. Because she was Sister Mary Lazarus, Sister Mary Lazarus in the Sister Act movies. Mm-hmm. She was also the voice of Laverne in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which did actually come out after she died, but the really? group, because animation takes so long. But yes. Yeah. So, yeah, she voiced a gargoyle at 85. Wow, iconic, though. Fact. <laughs> and then, obviously, Dick Van Patten, who has been in everything from Seventh Heaven to Arrested Development to Chips to his first acting role in 1949 of the TV show Mama. If you don't know who Dick Van Patten is, you've probably never watched TV. <laughs> so, the episode. We begin... With a cheetah attack. Yeah, there's a poor little... I, I saw the cheetah come on screen. I'm like, oh my god. If this cheetah oh, dies... and for clarification, the cheetah is being attacked, not attacking. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the, he, the cheetah is the prey in this scenario. And I saw it, and it looked like it was obviously distressed. Yeah. And um, I was like, I swear to god, this cheetah's gonna freaking die right now. But... Okay, one thing I will say I really, really like, because it's the 70s, they don't really have CGI, so when they do things like this, they're using real animals, and it's real camera work, and somebody's actually scaring this cheetah, which sucks, but not enough to actually, like, hurt Hurt it, it. but, I mean, animals are terrified of everything, stick a camera in its face, and it's going to be scared, but they don't show anything happening to the cheetah, because they don't have CGI, they can't hurt the cheetah fake like yeah. they can't they can't do that so they show this cheetah scared and then the camera cuts so mm-hmm. like we know that the cheetah got attacked because of Kolchak's voiceover but we don't see anything hurting yes. the cheetah which is nice compared to nowadays compared where to, yeah where they were killed that's just got stripped out like yeah nothing. i mean and luckily we know because there are unions and rules and things like that that animals don't get hurt on set but because of the lack of cgi use your imagination Put two and two together Which and you'll understand. I appreciate it. because I don't like to see animals get hurt. Yeah. Um so obviously this there's this weird attack on the cheetah. And then we go back to the office where Kolchak is getting into a fight with our friend Ron Updike. Um over baseball tickets. For the World Series. So we can see the Cubs and the Cubs. Never went to the World Series that year. I don't even know if they've been to the World Series ever because I don't follow baseball 
but definitely not in that ear. Um, Monica is an idiot because you don't even have to follow baseball to know the saga of the fact that the Cubs went to the World Series in 2016 for the first time since 1908. It was literally 98 years between, or no, 108 years between uh, World Series runs for them. It was a big fucking deal. Oopsies. <laughs> so no, the Cubs did not go to the World Series in 1974, but it was cute to imagine that they could have. Um, so Kolchak is uh, threatening to finish the work of a roller derby girl who tried to kill Updike, which was just a very funny visual. <laughs> um, but my favorite part about that is when Kolchak's explaining the kinds of things that Updike said about this girl, Monique is pissed. Yep. She said, that is an awful thing to say about a human. Yep. Um, I did like Monique a lot in this episode. Yeah, she was kind of funny. I liked her. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Tony obviously wants Kolchak to go investigate the zoo stuff, but he uses Monique to, like, con Kolchak. Because Kolchak is like, I'm not writing anything. I'm going to the baseball game. And he's like, oh, that's fine. Like, go to the baseball game. Enjoy the baseball game. Monique, you would like to write this article about the missing cheetah. And Kolchak's like, wait, wait, wait. Not a cheetah. A panther. He goes, oh, no, that was yesterday. Kolchak's like, wait, so a cheetah and a panther? He's like, no, no, no. Just go to the baseball game. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, and Kolchak obviously ends up taking the bait. Of course. And it's Kolchak. It, obviously, if he wants to have the opportunity to work on a story that has the potential of being normal, he wants to take it because, um, but... But okay. no, it, this, story did not have, it, this story did not have the potential of being normal. He asked all the questions that, like, there was no ransom note, there was no okay. evidence of break, and, like, all of this stuff, like, Kolchak was like, animals are missing from the zoo and nothing about it is normal? Sign me up. True. So Kolchak drives to the zoo, but he's listening to the baseball game while he's driving, and the radio is, like, hella staticky, all kinds of messed up. A lot of interference, obviously, and squeaking, and I wasn't sure if that was intentional until, obviously, we, like, discussed it. I'm like, are you realizing things? And you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But because the radio's all messed up, he gets um, an interruption in the baseball game from the police scanner, which... Wouldn't that just be Kolchak's luck? Like, if my radio is messed up and, like, getting interference, it's never to something more interesting. Yeah. It's, like, to a commercial from Canada. Exactly. So he gets interference from this robbery at an electronic store. And he's like, well, the zoo's always going to be there. Let's stop at the robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets to the robbery, and um, Monica brought up the great point of, in what universe... Do the press get to just like walk up to an active crime scene? Yeah. There's no way that, I mean, unless in the 70s reporters were basically de detectives and were allowed to be like in a standoff. What happened? This is like the second What's one he's that? gotten into. Second. This is what the big thing we watched is probably the fifth one he's gotten into. True. There's a robbery in progress. It would look like you you were having like a standoff, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm Kolchak. Yeah, you go, you go over there. I'm gonna just run." He's right like, up "I'm to with the, the press. I'm INS. It's fine. It's fine." And just crosses police barrier. I'm gonna Google this because I'm gonna. This is like the, this is the fifth time now that Kolchak has yeah, been so crazy. When did press have access to? 
active crime scenes. Huh, okay. There was a Supreme Court case about it, actually. That the Supreme Court ruled that it is not a violation of the First and Fourth Amendment to deny the press the access because of, um, you know, them being in physical danger. Um, but the Supreme Court case was in 2009, which means that they started blocking this before that. I have no idea, but definitely not something that happens now. Yeah. Um, so the crime scene's going on, and then the building explodes. And this gorgeous, lovely slow-mo shot happens. Um, to where we just thought this was an aesthetic choice done by the creators of the show. Um, and we see there's this one cop, a solo cop for the air that just lunges forward. Oh my god. Then another one that just slowly does a somersault in the middle of the air and lands. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was, like, it was like legit stunt work in slow-mo. It was beautiful. But the thing was, okay, so we find out later in the episode that when this building exploded, there was no sound, which obviously there was. Mm -hmm. But they did it in a way that like you couldn't actually tell if the sound was coming from the weird background music mm -hmm. or the explosion. Probably because they couldn't actually muffle the sound of the explosion, explosion. so they just turned it into this funky, weird, slow-mo background music. Mm -hmm. But I appreciated it a and lot. In all honesty, like, if what they were seeing in slow motion yeah. could indicate what the aliens were seeing. I don't think that. that. I don't think it was that. I think it was just a way to disguise it for us and make it look... And bigger because the thing is you have to think about it we we're li we're talking about 1974 we're not talking about like fast and the furious like bombs yeah. and explosions and stuff so like to show the impact of this explosion but we have because you don't have the ability to completely mask mm -hmm. the sound they have to have some kind of sound but they want it to be as small as possible in order to show the lack of sound for the explosion so they have this mini explosion and that blows out the wall mm -hmm. so you see that but then you need to get the impression that this was a way bigger explosion so you have the slow-mo of everybody falling back and pushing back and the guys flying through the air in order to give the appearance that it's a gigantic explosion without ruining the idea that there was no sound okay all right got you it's like the things like it's like in stage acting where like when you, like, fake slap somebody, the, like, head movement is so dramatic. But it's because, like, if I actually slapped you in the face in real life, you probably, your head would move a little bit from the pressure, but not massively. But if I'm 600 feet away from you and I need to see that, yeah. you got to throw your body yeah. with a oh, slap. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So, huh, I loved it. Then, the, uh... I wrote iron, but it wasn't iron. It was lead. Lead. That's what it was. So there's these, like, pyramids of lead inside the building. That lead ingots? Lead ingots, yeah. I don't know what that means. Maybe just bricks, I think. Lead 
Maybe an ingot is like a weight measurement. No, yeah, because I said two tons of lead ingot. <sighs> so you got. What? You know? Okay, so a lead bar. Also, gold ingot. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, you don't use like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is like when you go to casually buy, when you go to buy gold at the store or supermarket. Yeah, so an ingot, thank you, thanks to my brother, is just the bars that are already pre shaped into that fancy little shape that you see in like movies and stuff. Great. So there's these pyramids of ingots that then straight up just disappear. disappear. Gone. Right in front of and everyone's staring at it. Yeah, like it's not like you look at it, you turn your head, you look back, it's gone. They're staring at it and then just just I did really like the camera work they did for that because I'm yeah. sure that was hard as shit to edit at that time. Yeah, first. I know how hard it is for me to edit this. <laughs> so. But, yeah, that, and as they're all going through it, Kolshek's like, cool, you all saw that. Right. Like, for the first time ever, <laughs> the police are actually there Fully witnessing, and not just the police, because the police, like, squad guys are usually there, but the chief of police, the guy that Kolchak has to answer to, is actually straight up standing there with him, witnessing this, and then he says, Kolchak, get the fuck out. But I'm going to make you disappear. Yeah, just go. Go. We don't need this. And then as Kolchak's getting chugged away off to his car, we see some men in, like, suits who are like, oh... There's something with aliens going on here. Men in suits. FBI, they're covering it up. <laughs> I literally just called them the weird suit guys. Because yep. they just showed up. Which, it's really funny because there are like these men... It's a complete conspiracy theory. I don't think it has holds any ground. But, I mean, aliens were, you know, told to us that they're real this past year. So, like, who knows? I don't, I don't disbelieve in aliens, but I do believe that the U.S. government admitting that aliens were real in the middle of a global pandemic was just to hide the fact that they were lying about everything, and they were. So, <laughs> but, like, the, the, this conspiracy theory is, like, whenever there's anyone who has, like, a UFO sighting or, like, some crazy experience with an alien, these men in black go and talk to these people and make them keep quiet like or Will Smith. Yeah, it's literally the Men in Black movies, but it's, they, there are these, like, they're bald, like, albino-looking men. Like, either they don't have any facial, like, eyelashes, eyebrows, no hair on their head. They're, like, ha- hairless little babies. Or they're albino. I can't remember which one it is. So what you're saying is you read the plot of the show Fringe and think that it really happened. No, I don't think that it really happened. There's people who conspiracize that these people are who they Uh, they are. Dear our audience, because this is a sci-fi and horror podcast, so I'm guessing people who like sci-fi and horror would watch it. Sci-fi is really cool. There is a lot of stuff in sci-fi that comes to be true later in time. There is a lot of stuff in sci-fi that could possibly be true because we don't actually know what's going on outside of this planet. Um, Sci-fi is not real. Science fiction. Fiction is the fi part of sci-fi. Fiction. Fiction, for those of you who don't read books, means not real. 
Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I just like I don't think that obviously that held no ground, right? That's to that conspiracy theory. Like there are people that are out there saying that they brainwashed me. They told me that I couldn't talk about this. They took any evidence away from me that I had about what happened, so that if I did talk about it, I would just look crazy. And I was like, okay, sis, I hear ya, but what? See, I believe that there are aliens. I do believe aliens have come to Earth. I do not know if I, I believe it. I don't believe it. aliens have come to Earth because I believe that aliens look at this planet and say, what the fuck are they doing? True. And then don't waste their time. True. But I like I don't think that it's impossible for them to come. Like, not like come, like, land a ship, stay, and just, like, like you know, like be like, hey, what up? And blend in real quick. I feel like they've, like, gotten close enough to fly by, but I don't think anyone has ever gotten abducted, just personally. Like, there are some, like, Sorry, daunting... you just hit the table when you were saying that, and it made the camera wonky, oh. and it refocused. That's what that weird look was for. <laughs> Be careful with the table. Okay. But that that's just, like... Like, there are some convincing accounts. You're like, maybe. But I just... Some part of me just doesn't think that anyone's gotten abducted. I'm pro. I'm a really skeptical person. I, I don't... I believe that aliens have ever come to earth i just really don't that i i do believe that they maybe not have landed but they've flown within our atmospheric range i i don't know. that wouldn't surprise me i don't know but but anyway yeah kolchak obviously drives off with the gusto of a man that i the audacity he is bold and brazen anytime he his the audacity of driveway. backing up in that convertible is just I'd be so nervous. Like, I'm nervous to back out of my own driveway in my 2009 Ford Focus. He had a nice-ass, like, Cadillac. I mean, granted, it probably wasn't that nice of a car at the time. True. I mean, that, that, that car would be great now, but that's because it would be a vintage car. I don't know how great it was at the time. But he literally doesn't even look behind him. He just gets in the car and pulls out backwards into the street. Anywhere. Like, this is how it just really got highlighted in this Here's episode. the thing. The magic of film. No one is behind him. The audience watching should not be like, oh, of course no one's behind him. It's a movie. Also, I don't know how many people get nervous about other people backing <laughs> out of things. Like, that might just be our anxiety talking. Yeah, because, like, I'm so nervous when I back out of driveway, my driveway or, like, a parking spot or anything like that. And culture is just like, da da yoink. And it's like, okay, Jeff Gordon, like, relax. I was just talking about Jeff Gordon this week. Really? Yeah, I had a crush on him when I was younger. I didn't. I always thought he was a weird-looking man. He had a very long head. I don't know why. It just always just doesn't like, have an abnormally long head. It doesn't. I don't, shouldn't say abnormal, but I don't know if it's like how everything's proportioned. It just makes his head look longer. I don't know. So while Kolchak is brazenly driving, um, once again, the plot device of the broken stereo works perfectly in his favor because a weird phone call comes in on another radio station that is not the game. Um, and this guy is complaining about his um, asphalt chunks in his lawn which will later become Very important probable. um so Kolchak goes finally gets to the zoo he's investigating the cheetah pen and he finds this weird black goo in the pen and takes it to the vet um who is a sassy lady that I just love mm-hmm. um she might be my favorite character this episode 
but she tells Kolchak that all of the animals that have died so far have died of a heart attack. Um, but my favorite part of this is when she says that she doesn't know what the zoo is going to do now that the panda died of a heart attack because they can't get another panda because all the pandas are in Tibet and the commies have them all. <laughs> And while that is a very 1974 thing to say, the communists in China still have all the pandas. That's very sad. (laughs) I also found out that pandas are raccoons. I didn't find anything new out. No, I didn't. Because I didn't find it even funnier because everyone calls raccoons trash pandas. So I was like, oh my god, like that is so cute. I love that. It's a raccoon. That's true. Oh, really? That's not fair. Nope. So that's why they call raccoons trash pandas. There you go. Yeah. Things make so much sense now. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know that they're actually raccoons. But like, they're part of that same marsupial. They're more... Neither of them are marsupials. They're they're part of that same, like... Family. Family. Yeah. Of yeah, man, those are not bears. Neither are koalas. Oh, that I know. Koalas are the most smooth, small brain little animals. They eat the thing that kills them. Like, that, that kills them, gives them no nutrition. They all have syphilis and are dying of brain disease. Yes, no. Pandas have more cases of syphilis than human beings. Really? Or not pandas, koalas. Koalas. They're all. So then Kolchak leaves the zoo, he leaves the goo with the vet to test it, and then he goes to the Mel- street, Mariposa Way. Yeah, I was going to say Melrose Way, but I'm like, nope. Mariposa means butterfly in Spanish. Oh, that's yeah. so pretty. So Butterfly Street, no, Butterfly Way, Mariposa Way, um, to talk to Dick Van Patten for one second. Mm-hmm. Um and find some more goo on the ground. Now, Dick Van Patten also got some really comedic gold lines. Yeah, he did. His cat lady line. Yeah, and then after the cat lady line was dropped, when we're first watching Mary Cage, like, you? And I was like, first of all, it'd be dogs. Thank you. I would like to own a zoo or work at a zoo, but I don't want pets. So, like, you would only want to have, like, the zoo and then not, like... It's like you're coming home to your work, in a sense, if you right. that. No, I just... I don't know. I don't... I don't... Like, if you spe- like if your whole job is taking care of animals, the last thing you want to do is come home and take care of another animal. Right. Well, yeah, but I'm sure taking care of my husband and children will not feel like any less work. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'd have to find one first. Hey. I don't know why I whipped. Um, then, the next scene, um, my note says, Fonzie guy steals a purse for electronics and dies. Yeah, he was pretty irrelevant. Yeah, I have no idea. This scene was just to show the connection to the electronics and the aliens, um, which didn't make sense. Even at, at the end. Even, I still don't understand it fully. But also, if there is a connection between electronics and aliens, my house will be the first stop. 
Um, but anyway, that scene was useless, except for that I thought it was the Fonz. Why is the Fonz running away with that girl's purse? <laughs> the Fonz the would never have a haircut like that. Oh yeah, he was running, so I couldn't tell. I thought it was a lot longer than what it was. Um, it was not. Then Colchette goes back to the zoo to show the vet the new goo, and she tells him that the contents of the goo have, is... Um, basically it's a nail polish. Acetone. acetone. The acetone I remembered, but I can't remember the word that she uses. That, there was a digestive it's liquid. It's a digestive liquid, hydra, some, something. which is something that you, that helps you digest food. And then bone marrow, and that all of the animals that have been killed from the zoo are also missing every ounce of their, ounce bone, of marrow. their bone marrow. Um, so that is our big dun-dun-dun reveal, that everybody's actually not dying of heart attacks. They're dying of their bone marrow being extracted. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would be, they would extract it from the biggest um, bone in the body, which would be the femur. No, it's from, they said there was holes in all of the major joints oh, of joints. their body. Okay. I thought it was biggest bone. No, they, so like, basically like at your elbow joint, so that it could suck all the bone marrow out of all of the bones in your elbow. Like, so at the major joints in their body, and then that, they were straight up. As like we hear, dehydrated bones. Yeah, as we hear later, the one of the doctors says, bone dry, pardon the pun. <laughs> um, so then Kolchak goes back to his office to go to the photo lab to get the pictures of his lead ingots and Monique is giving him shit about how bad his camera is and how he's rushing her and then he aggressively calls her a dumb dumb which you know damn well he wanted to call her a dumb ass or, or I was thinking dumb bitch because she like takes the, this is the one part about the Monique he rips, she rips up one of his pictures because she was like it wasn't good anyway and he's like you don't even know what you're looking yeah, for exactly and like that was one part of Monique that I feel like if her character does that I'm gonna wanna like bitch this ain't your shit you're literally here to help do the print walk away do the print walk away and she's like, oh, this is shit. Rip it up. Like, bitch, you didn't take the pictures. You don't even know what you're supposed to be looking for in these goddamn photos. Print the pictures. Put them away. Thank you very much. That's the only thing that irritated me about Monique. I probably be in that situation. <laughs> um, so then after she rips up his pictures, he goes to the morgue to get the autopsy report for the guy who died in the explosion. Mm -hmm. And he gets interrupted by this other guy who gives him only the public report, but then the guy that he usually goes to sneaks him the report, and honestly, that scene felt very long and unnecessary. Yes. Then, when he gets slipped the real tape, he doesn't even leave the morgue to listen to it. He just sneaks into another room. Polchak also isn't the brightest all the time. Right. Um, so, he finds out that the Human bodies were also missing all of their bone marrow, so they are, in fact, now connected. Which he already thought anyway, but... Then another rando dies while trying to contact aliens. This guy did it to himself. Yeah. Don't try to contact the aliens. You don't know what they're good or bad. Exactly. Um, so then, they, then there's our necessary police briefing where the police chief... 
riffs on Kolshak for asking only the real important questions. But we find out that both the police chief and Kolshak and all of the officers who were at the explosion, all of their watches have stopped working. Mm -hmm. um, and also while the police chief is not giving straight answers because of the threat of national security. Oh, yeah. But also this police chief, he at least has the decency to... Um, make Kolshak seem like a crazy person. Not that, like, I agree, but, like, the other police chiefs in the past have gotten, like, awkward and weird and mad at Kolshak, but this guy at least is intelligent enough to be like, nothing that you're saying makes sense. Yeah. You're an idiot. No one believes you. Mm -hmm. Um. So then Kolshak goes back to the office, and Tony's eating a really weird dinner alone in his office, and he explains that it was, like, a gift from the editor of the New York Times or something like that, but, like, also... So weird. Strange. And he's like, you want proof? I'll go get proof. He goes downstairs to get the pictures from Monique's lab, but turns out Monique has already given all the pictures to the weird suit guys. And, uh, Kolshak's so, as she's, like, like hiding in a bathroom stall, Kolshak so delicately puts it, he's like, if you don't get your ass out, he didn't say ass, but if you don't get out of here, I'm gonna suck the bone marrow right out of you. And I was like, Damn, she said that doesn't make a very convincing. But turns out uh, Monique is apparently never filed her income taxes. And so she thought the weird alien FBI guys were going to send her to jail. So she gave them the pictures. What a dummy. But the suit guys did not stop at Monique. They also apparently harassed Tony because Tony then tells Kolshak he cannot pu publish anything about UFOs. And Kolshak's like, I never said UFOs. I never even said aliens. And Tony's like, well, <laughs> I'm just putting two together. Yeah. Generalized, yeah. So basically the UFO men are blackmailing everyone. Everyone. Them. Except for Kolshak. I think it's because probably Kolshak... Um, give a shit and they would still I think Kolshak's the kind of person where one conversation with him, you realize this man has no fear of anything natural or normal and he will not be someone that would be easily bargained with because he is batshit crazy. Yep. Um, because then, when Tony won't listen to him, he goes to Alien Anonymous. That's what I called that meeting. I have no idea what the meeting was, but it was a bunch of weird people in a room talking about their alien encounters, like an AA meeting, yeah. and I felt uncomfortable. And especially because so there's this girl with this really, um, she has a hen on her head. and Beautiful hat. No, it's not. It literally, she de-feathered a hen, stuck it right to her hair, and she said, yep. Um, and so she's just going off about how basically one of the aliens were trying to come on to her. But and she showed him that she was firm, and he kept his extensions to himself. And I was like, okay, sis. And you want to know what scares me is that there's people out there that actually say that. And I'm Which like, is why I don't think aliens are here. Yeah. Okay, Ronald backwards and upside down can't start with a D. It'd be an M. No, it would be a P. Because a D backwards and um, upside down. So it'd be. No, it'd be a Q. Okay. I don't know why I'm trying to argue with the crazy people. It's like conspiracy theory videos, IRL. 
Yeah, no, but if you make a word backwards and upside down, it can't start with the letter it originally ended with. That's not possible, unless it's an O. Exactly. What would you do for, like, letters that can't have that happen in, like, A's and V's? R can't? Oh, no, I guess. J. It would be like a J. The little swishy butt. Um, so then the weirdos at the Aliens Anonymous give him directions to this alien sighting and they goes to the woods and he finds the dead guy's transmission when he was trying to talk to aliens. And then he follows a compass because they talk about how the watches are messed up because of an electromagnetic field that could turn the compass point the wrong way. So then they're following the compass to the source of the electromagnetic field. Now, to any of my fellow um, Stranger Things fans out there, same type of, you know, deal when the kids are trying to find the gate in the show with the compasses. Anyone who has uh, passed third grade science knows that if you use a magnet near a compass, you mess with the compass's directional field, and that if it's a strong enough electromagnetic field, that's how you can move a compass, and that's how things like magnetic levitation trains and, I don't know, the Earth's rotation work. Sorry, I teach an entire unit in third grade science about magnets for like 10 weeks. <laughs> that seems like the most interesting yet most boring subject to learn about. No, because then the next 10 weeks are about soil. Never mind, I take it back. Um, so, Kolshak follows the magnet to the planetarium where the planetarium guard was attacked and by the time Kolshak gets there, now both planetarium guards is dead. They got the uh, they got unalived. But uh Kolchak walks into the planetarium and all of the equipment is still moving and he gets attacked by like wind. wind and he is trying to take pictures of this absolutely effing nothing that is attacking him and it stops and he thinks the camera flash is what saves him. And now here's the thing. Um when we find out as we're along, we, they're not just showing us, they're not just keeping us away from seeing the aliens because, you know, they don't want to show it or it might be too much of an elaborate thing. It's because they, on this plane of existence, they're not visible to the human eye. Oh, yeah. Kolchak goes in this whole rant about how we can't see X-ray, X-rays or cosmic rays or microwaves, so why could we not, not he's see like, the how aliens? Can, he's like, what if we can't see them? But so the police chief shows up again. Um, the aliens attack them again, and... The chief tells Kolshak that he is um, ready for the rubber room. He's bananas. Um, but the camera doesn't work this time. The aliens attack. Um, and there's, like, shit on fire and stuff. So Kolshak decides to do, you know, the only reasonable thing and go back inside to investigate alone. Because mm -hmm. Kolshak's so brilliant. But he figures out that it is the sound of the battery recharge on the camera that is scaring the aliens, not the lash. But the police chief obviously Doesn't does not care. give a shit. So Kolshak leaves 
and he's driving away, but the compass in his car is going apeshit. So he follows the compass in his car and finds the UFO and gets attacked by the aliens again. And then takes a picture, takes again. a picture again, scares them away, and then they just get in their ship and leave. Now, with Kolshek's voiceover at the very end, we find out that after the aliens left, there's one more important point. After the aliens left, they tried to like turn that place into a park so that nobody would get suspicious. But then none of the plants would grow, so they're just gonna pour concrete in it and call it a day. Yeah. And um. With Cole Shack's voiceover, he basically just says, like, if you ever gotten, like, stuck on the side of the road and you got lost, but imagine that you're, that quote. you're, imagine, like, 16 million light years away from your home, off course, he was like, yeah, I was like, damn. So, they were just travelers trying to find their way back yeah. home. Wait, why don't I find funny? How, unless these aliens knew of oh, what Oh, well, because we what we didn't talk about was the reason the aliens were using the planetarium was because they were looking at the star charts that you could see on the planetarium ceiling. Like, they were looking at, like, the projection of star charts, and basically it was like they pulled over to the gas station to get a map to find out where they were because they were lost. So, like, it does make sense. My thing is, how did they know that we had a planetarium that could do that? They didn't. They hoped for the best. They stopped up, got some food, and figured out what to do to find their way out. Because I'm sure if they hadn't, they would have still killed some people, got some food, and then, like, just gone to the next closest thing they could figure out. Yeah, very fair. Okay. Um, now, we watched this episode with my dad. And, because he was really excited about this episode because it was one of the ones that was, like, super scary to him when he was a kid. And when the episode ended, he looked at us and he said, that's not as satisfying as I remember. Mm-hmm. Mind you. This came out when my dad was seven. So I think as a seven-year-old, that would make me piss my pants. Mm -hmm. But I actually love the fact that you couldn't ever see the alien. Oh, that I Freaking loved it. Because I was talking about how the aliens, like, they didn't like light. They were always coming in as, like, a gust of wind in the dark. And, like, how terrifying would that be as a kid to just know that every time you walked outside and there was a huge gust of wind that you didn't know where it came from, that could be an alien about to suck your bone marrow out. Like, that is horrifying. horrifying. So, like, obviously we were a little bit let down by the visuals. It is, you know. And But the thing for me, it really wasn't even visually. It was more so the ending compared to how all the ends... Uh, every episode has happened so far. You didn't have that big climactic chasing the bad guy, putting him in the slammer, or I think I think that makes sense, though, because all the other bad guys were at least, like, semi-humanoid. Yeah, and, and that's why I understand that this... It was just not as climactic of an ending as For we're sure. used to. But I, I, kind think of, that's I kind of like that, because I like that they just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's the potential that they could come back. There's the potential that they never left. Like, you don't know. Yeah. The spaceship took off, and they left that part of the park. But, like, that was a park in Chicago. They could have just flown to London or yeah. China or who knows where. Mm-hmm. And, like, that... So, I understand why it wasn't rated as high, because I think you're right that that, that lack of, like, climactic bad guy mask pulling Scooby-Doo energy at yeah. the end wasn't was missing. And there was, like, a lot of buildup. 
There was a lot of stuff about the baseball games that were so unnecessary. And there was a lot more of those, like, random comical interactions. Like, we had the Dick Van Patten, the vet, and the, um... The Monique. Well, the Monique, but Monique was part of the plot. But, like, Dick Van Patten, the vet, and the... What's her name? Or what's his name? The... What do you call the guy who works at a morgue? Corner. 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 I couldn't think of the mortician. Yeah, or mort. Yeah. So there was those three were all fairly this useless. Like connected, but vaguely connected. Helped Kolshad get something, but really long scenes for very little plot advancement. Yeah. So like I get why it was kind of a weird story flow compared to the first two episodes. So I do know why the rating was a little bit lower. But for our first actual, like, alien anything, which you guys know, I love aliens, even though I don't believe that they're on Earth, um, I really, really liked it. Yeah, I, I really did think that this was so good. Like, I don't feel like there's been a miss in really any show that we've watched. Watching it once, I was a little confused afterwards, and so we really talked about it. And then watching it the second time, I was like, oh. Um, so I'm really glad that we did have a second watch through of this one. Yeah, I think this is definitely a show that we have to watch more than once. Um, really, Hemlock Grove, we only didn't watch more than once because we hated it. We really liked watching it once. Um, I think I would probably still gain things if I went and rewatched that a second time. But But not things that I would care enough to care about. I just would like to watch everything Joel Dale Fuente does all the time. Oh, same. And also Bill Skarsgård, because... Mm. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> um, so. Trivia! Also, I want to watch Castle Rock, too. On here. Yes, Bill Skarsgård is in it again. But it's all about Stephen King's characters living in a town, living in Castle Rock. I know what Castle Rock is about. I'm just it's... rolling my eyes at your obsession with Bill Skarsgård when he's like, yummy. I know. I mean, sure, he's pretty, but like, he's really pretty. It's not like you're like, let's watch everything Patrick Stewart's ever done. We're not talking about like a great sci-fi phenomenal actor. True. You're just like he's pretty. But I also want to watch Castle Rock because I love Stephen King. So like, there's more to it than just well, Bill's pretty face. I know. But um, while you're looking at the trivia, real quick. Taryn Edgerton, anybody else? What the fuck? This man is gorgeous. I didn't say he wasn't pretty. Oh my god. Dark Phoenix was on HBO Max until May 31st. It's not on there anymore. Mm-hmm. But so on May 31st, we watched it because we were like, well, it's about to get taken off HBO Max, so like we have to watch it today. Did you hate it? I neither hated nor liked it. Okay. That's fair. But at one point, I literally just looked at my parents and I go, why would anyone be on Team X-Men when Michael Fassbender looks like that? <laughs> I mean, like, it's not that, like, James McAvoy's not pretty, but, like, really Michael pretty. Fassbender's jawline does things to me that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> like, I love, um, just said his name. James McAvoy. I love him, and his but his role in Split was also really fucking good. Yeah. Like he did good in that movie. Trivia: There are four pieces of trivia. Three of them are about baseball. Oh great. Um, 
1974 World Series began in October and featured the Oakland A's versus the LA Dodgers. So it wasn't the wrong. Um, because also, yeah, this episode came out on September 27th, so it was the end of September, and the World Series would have been starting mid-October, so it was, like, obviously not... The same. The same, but... Kolchak is trying to finish a reporting assignment so he can see the Chicago Cubs in the World Series. He correctly says the Cubs are in the World Series for the first time in 29 years. The last time the Cubs were in the World Series was 1945, which was 29 years before this episode aired. But in reality, the 1974 Chicago Cubs finished last in the National League East Division with a 66-96 to record. The Chicago Cubs were absent from the World Series from 1945 to 2016 when they won the World Series for the first time since 1908. Like I said. Damn. Yeah. The World Series baseball game Kolchak is hoping to attend is played between the Boston Red Sox, whose last World Series championship before this episode aired had been in 1918, and the Chicago Cubs, whose last World Series championship before this episode aired had been in 1908. The Red Sox would not win a World Series championship until 2004, and the Cubs not would not win until 2016. And when the Cubs did win in 2016, they were against the Cleveland Indians which, for anyone who doesn't know, is my favorite baseball team. And I watched every game. Just distraught. And I said, you know what? If anybody had to beat us, thank fucking God it was Chicago, because they deserved it at that point. So, um... About five minutes and 50 seconds into the show, Kolchak drives toward an intersection with backed up traffic because of a red light. So he drives up on the sidewalk and makes a right turn in front of a very bewildered looking pedestrian. I'm guessing that was not scripted. (laughs) So that is the trivia. Now, the goofs. Oh, wait, the quotes I do want to see just because I want to see if the quote from that end of that episode that we really liked his description was in there. No, it's not, because IMDb sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, the goofs. Um, continuity errors. In the planetarium, the stars on the ceiling are, ceiling are stationary when you see the projector spinning around, but the stars should be moving in concert with the projector. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one you actually brought up when we were watching it. The character of Monique Marmelstein appears in this episode. However, in the immediately preceding episode, Kolshak had sent her back to her home in Brooklyn in a taxi cab when she became overwhelmed at a murder scene. Someone added, edited, explanation. She took an airplane back. The time between this episode is not specified. <laughs> Which is very true. They don't yeah. talk about how long it is, and they talk about the fact that Updike has since become the sports editor, and there's clearly a length of time yeah. between them. But yes, they never actually address the fact that she came back. Yep. Factual errors. Kolshak's watch stops while he is at the electronic store, which happens during the first game of the World Series. When he later looks at his watch and sees that it has stopped, the date shows as Saturday the 31st. In the mid-70s, the World Series started in early to mid-October, not on the 31st. Past that, the only time in the 1970s that October 31st fell on a Saturday was 1970 itself, with the effects of the leap year eliminating any others. Damn. 
Um, while I appreciate that fact, what kind of nerd sat there and figured Wait, that out? Wait, October 31st? Yes. His, so this is taking place on Halloween? Well, that's the thing. We don't know when it takes place. We just know it's during the World Series. But his watch says the 31st, but it would have been impossible for it to be the 31st and be the World Series. Uh, okay. Plus, the 31st was not a Saturday. That's why it is a factual error. There you go. Revealing mistakes. Despite the police officers spraying several extinguishers on the flaming police vehicle, the fire in it never goes down or decreases. <laughs> I think it's just because they have stormtrooper aim. Yep. Miscellaneous. In the shot of Kolshak crossing a street and then a plaza between two buildings at night, the film footage has been flipped over, apparently because the director wanted Kolshak to be walking left to right as opposed to right to left. This is obvious because in the background is a lighted store sign in which all the lettering is backwards and Kolshak is seen carrying his camera on his right shoulder. When the shot changes and he enters inside the doorway, his camera is now seen carried in its usual place on his left shoulder. Ah, I didn't notice that. Me either. Character errors. Just, this is one that I was confused because this, I'm going to tell you guys, this, it tells an error, but then the next paragraph corrects that error. So I don't even know. Basically, okay. okay. Just after the pallets of lead ingots disappear from in front of their faces, Kolshak, Darren McGavin, looks at Captain Quill, played by James Gregory, and says, what do you think happened? James Gregory then confounds two actors' names and replies not to the character Kolshak, but to the actor, and says, I don't know, Gavin. Looks to me like I've got to take some of that overdue vacation time I've got coming. But then the next paragraph says, Captain Quill actually says, I don't know what happened, not I don't know, no, Gavin. Gavin. Oh, there you go. So, that was just a waste of 30 seconds of your time. <laughs> and then Kolchak states that his back camera's nickel-cadmium flash battery recharging is what stopped the monster. However, he very badly mispronounces the word cadmium. So he called it cadmium? I have no idea what he said. I didn't really know that he was talking about a nickel-cadmium battery because it's that badly pronounced. But also, I just heard Barry and I was just like, oh. Yeah. Also, uh, doesn't surprise me that Darren McGavin just didn't know how to say that word. And they said, you know what, fuck it, just, let's take it. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Also, every time I look over at your phone and I see this picture of you, you look like Gabby. I, I don't know don't why. don't at all. And okay. like, going by like, a quick glance, I, it's with your smile and the way that you have your hair pulled back. I just see your sister's face, but then I'm like, why the hell is Gabby her friend? I'm like, no, that's no, okay. That's me. <sighs> I'm not I'm not my own background, just a picture of me. That would be um, weird. It's, it's her a picture of, of me students. and one of my students from my private teaching that I love. Anyway. Yeah, so that was Kolshak, the 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 title of the episode. Because I'm not it's too long. Yeah. I believe No, I do know what next week's episode is. <laughs> We both know what you told me. I know. <laughs> um, but you'll have to tune in to see that one next week when you come back. Which I hope you do, because, like, if you like my mom haircut, make sure you give this video a like if you're watching it on YouTube. Um, like, comment, subscribe. Do the thing. Do, do the, the YouTube things. Um, rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Music or whatever the Apple Podcast. I don't know how Apple works. 
Um, I don't know. All the things that you do when you like people. Give us a follow. You can follow us on Twitter Spotify. and Instagram. Oh, you can follow us on all the podcasting things, yeah. yes. But on Twitter and Instagram at Death and Aliens. I forgot what it was called for a second. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or ideas of your own, uh, email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. If you just, uh, I don't know, want to say hi, you can always do that. Yeah, uh, do that. I like hello messages. It's nice. We really just like any messages that are not yeah. people telling us to promote on their really janky Instagrams. Yeah, and also, if you want to just tell us we suck, go Please. for it. I'm, I'm very open to criticism. I'm sensitive, but I can laugh at myself. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me on Instagram at Monica.Lynn underscore and on Twitter at Mon underscore Lynn underscore. And uh, I'm going to end this real fast because uh, we had Taco Bell for lunch. Bye. Bye.